Good morning, folks. This is Craig Ryan from the Business Development Bank of Canada, BDC for short. And I am here again with my colleague, Carla Heim. Hello, Craig. <laughs> Good morning, Carla. And we're here to interview yet another really cool entrepreneur who is a member of the B Corp community of Canada. Today's guest is Natalie Volant from uh, my hometown, Montreal. And uh, we welcome her today via Skype, where she is in uh, Germany. Good day to you, Natalie. Hi, how are you guys? <laughs> we are terrific, and we're delighted to be speaking with you. Awesome. For our listeners, Natalie, first things first, what exactly is your company? That's a great question. <laughs> so uh, my company is actually a real estate company out of Montreal, but we do things a little bit differently, which is why I made the silly joke at the beginning of that question. Um, we decide to use real estate as, as a force of changing communities. Um, so we have 1.5 million square feet where we have taken historical buildings and reproduced them into entrepreneurial ecosystems, meaning we specialize in offering rental space to small and medium businesses. But we do it very differently, first of all, because it's in older buildings. So we think that that is a much more creative, uh, inspiring environment. Uh -huh. But we also um, provide services to our tenants so that they are not completely alone. So we have daycare services and outside terraces and a dog park and we have our own bees, but we also link our entrepreneurs, which are 500 of them. Um, we link them with all the services that we could try to support them so that they can do well economically or socially or environmentally. So we mentor them and we sponsor a lot of um, teaching opportunities for these businesses to be able to grow and scale in the way that they reflect their values best. Wow. So two things very quickly. Um, can we repeat those numbers? 1.5 million square, square feet, feet in Montreal. Yeah. And 500 uh, tenant companies. Correct. So you are a de facto little ecosystem or galaxy of entrepreneurs in, <laughs> into yourself at your company. Now, your company name is Quo Vadis, right? Yes, it is. Okay, great. I have to make sure that our listeners know that. That's fascinating. That's, that's, that scale is impressive, and the way you're doing it is impressive. And I'd like now to ask Natalie, of the many, many business certifications that you could have chosen for your company, you decided to choose... B Corp or Beneficial Corporation. Um, for the benefit of our listeners, of course, that's a relatively new business certification born in the United States about a decade ago. And it's different from others in that it's comprehensive. It tests or evaluates your impact, uh, your company impact on the community, uh, your employees, the impact of your product and services, uh, the environment, so it's broader than most. And then it makes explicit uh, that your company's purpose is different. And it's like Natalie, something broader than just money. And why, Natalie, did you choose the B Corp certification? How did it come to your attention and why did you choose it? Uh, great. So um, being in real estate, uh, there are quite a few certifications that you can get for your buildings more so than your companies. Um, so for us, uh, early on, uh, we wanted to do things very differently than the real estate world. We actually stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, before we were considered crazy and now we're considered avant-garde, which is kind of funny. It depends how you flip <laughs> a coin. Um, but I uh, come from a background of being a social worker and uh, I took over this business 
trying to prove that you could do good and make money at the same time. So for about, I'm going to say about 20 years or maybe 18 years, I was kind of living in my own little environment because most people in real estate thought that I was crazy, that I wanted to do things very differently than they did. For them, the bottom line was the only line. Um, and in fact, when you look at the environmental certifications that are associated to buildings, most people know my stance that LEED, when it first came out, uh, I know that they have made quite a few adjustments over the years, but it's really looking at energy efficiency for a building. And in Quebec, we are extraordinarily spoiled because we have very cheap energy for whatever reasons, and that could be a long other conversation, but most environmental certifications are based on energy consumption, which makes a lot of sense in areas where you have a lot of new construction, older buildings, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because it's so cheap to run your buildings energy-wise, and it's so expensive to retrofit an older building that none of these made sense to me. So um, I started um, hanging out with Stephen Hudrid from the Connell Foundation, and when we started talking about businesses and what I do and what I was frustrated about in the real estate world, um, he's like, well, you're a B Corp. And I said, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he was actually really gracious and he put me directly in contact with the B Corp people in Toronto. And I took a drive, to, well, fly down, whatever. I don't remember what it was the first time. And I ended up meeting um, Joyce and her team running out of Mars in Toronto and the more we started speaking, the more I was like, this is my language. These are my people. This is my tribe. Um, this is where I belong. And thank God, because I've been so damn lonely for so long. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all these words that I wasn't used to w working with, you know, sustainability and, you know, circular economy and triple bottom line and all these things that I now breathe, I didn't really understand that there was a whole lot more of me's around. So very quickly, we decided immediately to trash all the other certifications that were associated to buildings. And what we decided to do is certify our company because we can buy lots of buildings and the way that the legal structure are around buildings, you know, you can make some lead and some not, and you know, you kind of can tailor make it to whatever you feel your financial model makes sense for. But if you certify your actual company as a B Corp, I felt that that was a whole lot more impactful and responsible and the fact that the b corp movement makes you recertify every two years and and craig i'm sure you know why i'm giggling because it's not easy to become a b corp it's tough it's you don't become a b corp by accident yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's not something you trip into yeah it takes no. a decision and it takes effort and you've done a really good job of that, Natalie. Um, your last, uh, your current score is very impressive. So uh, to our listeners, you have to score 80 out of 200 points. And although 80 is less than 50%, it's still very hard to get 80 out of 200 on the assessment. And um, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but your score is 108, which is phenomenal. phenomenal. Oh, yes. yeah. 108, um, that's good. Very good. Most so people congratulations. Salivate. Most people salivate at the uh, prospect of getting a 108 well, on that score. Yeah. You know what's really funny is that the more B Corps that I meet, the more I realize we're so completely crazy competitive. <laughs> so <laughs> it seems like, you know, when we got 108, we were disappointed because there were two things that we thought we could do, but we weren't quite ready yet. 
Um, and so knowing that we got re we have to get recertified every two years, we're actually doing our third round right now. And we were, we were very aggressive in the last two years um, about making sure that that number goes up again. Mm -hmm. Because what's cool about the B Corp movement as well is that it doesn't allow you to sit still. That's yes. right. Um, what it also does, which is really cool, um, it's almost like a business training. Um, I'm going to say boot camp because <laughs> it's so hard. But what's cool is that if you don't yet have a point or a group of points for something that that is really interesting to your company, um, it actually teaches you during your certification process or in between how to get those points. So it becomes a business strategy more than just a certification. I always tell people, sure, it's super hard. But at the same time, when you go through the process, it teaches you different sections of your company that you can improve, whether it be governance or your environmental, you know, supplier list or whatever. It, it allows you that option to say, hey, I want to do this better next time. So we're really excited to see where we end up this time around. Oh, so am I. So am I. So... <laughs> You've mentioned uh, you've mentioned how um, uh, your company does things quite differently, and I really think it's because of you, Natalie, um, and it's because of people like you and entrepreneurs like you that um, that there is a bit of a challenge uh, to how people normally do business. And it, as you mentioned before, it's not all about shareholder return. Um, and one of those recent projects was really interesting, uh, Le Salon. And I wonder if you could share us uh, the story behind that, because I think it's quite inspiring. And it just shows how incredibly creative and progressive you really are. Well, that's so nice, especially coming from you, Carla. You see so many companies across Canada. And uh, to have a compliment like that from you is pretty, pretty humbling. So thank you. Um, so about, I'm going to say about six or seven years ago, cause time flies when you're getting a little older. Um, <laughs> we were told from a commissioner of economic development for our city of Montreal, that there was a building that was abandoned for about eight years, that it was historically protected and nobody knew what to do with it. Unfortunately, the building couldn't um, find a financial model to continue existing for its original use. So it was up for sale. So that sounded really intriguing to me. Um, it was also in the Little Burgundy area of, of, of what was now considered Griffintown um, in the southwest of Montreal, which is kind of like our home base. We love the southwest of Montreal. It's where we've been functioning for the last 24 years. So um, got really excited, went to go and tour the building. And when I drove up to the address that the economic commissioner gave me, I texted him and I said, I think I'm lost because I'm sitting in front of a church. And <laughs> his, his answer was, shut up and go inside. Literally. <laughs> like, okay. All right. No problem. So I kind of giggled as you did because I guess I kind of asked for it because I really like challenges, but this was like another level. So I walked into this church now on the outside. It looks like a church. I mean, you know, there's a lot of churches. We certainly have a lot in Montreal, but when you walk in something just, I don't know, 
took over because the architecture was mind blowing. And you could see that it had almost 15 years of no real infrastructure repairs or anything. I mean, there was holes everywhere. There was skylights that shouldn't be skylights because there were just holes in the roof. Um, you know, the tenants were squirrels. Um, <laughs> They don't pay Tough very well, squirrel. I would just like to say, you know? Um, and I, I just I had no clue what to do with this building because usually I can walk into a building and I see it finished. I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing. I, I just, I left and I called a bunch of my new investors and I said, I, you know, you tell me you kind of want to buy some new stuff. Like, how about a church? And they're like, well, you think you can do something? Whatever. I said, I, I actually have no idea what I can do with it, but I just feel like we need to do something with it. So that started the process of um, putting a conditional offer of purchase on it. But there's so much um, emotional uh, attachment to some of these buildings that were really built for single use. So whether you look at a church or a school or a fire station or, you know, cities around the world have problems with these buildings because they're very difficult to reconvert. Whether you look at like my Dom Park building, which was an old textile company, that was already very difficult to convert into offices, you know, based on sound insulation and the way that the building was constructed. But like a church brought it to another whole level. And what we wanted to do there, we wanted to kind of go to the community and go, well, it's been sitting here empty. It's a fire hazard, yet it's something that really should be restored. And if a church was a place to bring people together through religion, could we actually bring people together through the B Corp movement and use the church as a portal for social innovation? And all of that really means is, can we go back to the old times, the villages where you knew the baker and you knew the, you know, the guy that you'd get your horseshoes fixed? Um, you know, could we go back to a place that a church in its new form could be a vector for bringing people back together? And so over several years, and Craig was kind of part of that movement as well, we returned it into a place where we created a viable economic business model for it with no government money in a way that it now is given back to the community that we have a hub of social innovation on the ground floor. We have events that are anywhere from weddings to corporate events to fundraisers and restored the beauty of the building. We have a restaurant that is only focused on local food, and we actually have an Imani community center in there, which was the biggest surprise for me, because the Muslim community in that area is extremely well organized, and they wanted to be part of something that kind of stopped this whole idea of separating, to bring people together. So they said, could we find a way to practice our community so that we show our young people that they should be part of a larger community group and not just part of their own culture. Um, so we actually built all these uses together in this building um, that has seen all kinds of international awards bestowed on it. Um, but what's the best thing is that people now make new friends in a very old building, which is pretty spectacular. So we really love, like we call it our our baby. <laughs> absolutely incredible. That is absolutely terrific. Now, so our listeners will now understand um, from that answer why when Carla and I do presentations across Canada to explain the B Corp movement to people, um, 
one of the first photos to go up on the slide screen is a photo of Natalie, and she is <laughs> Exhibit A <laughs> in our our explanations of what a B Corper is. Uh, that's uh, it's terrific. I've been there actually. Uh, I go there fairly regularly, and it is an absolutely exquisite space that always has people in it, which is exactly what you sought to create. So uh, bravo, Natalie. I think it's great. Um, Thank you. For the benefit of our readers, you should know that Natalie is not considered to be in all quarters uh, the crazy lady real estate developer, but the successful avant-gardist in... No, Natalie. Now. No. Uh, <laughs> in 2016, Natalie represented Canadian social innovation at a global entrepreneurs entrepreneurship summit hosted by Barack Obama himself. She is now also a professor at the Harvard School of Public Health and Sustainable Leaders for CEO. Um, she has also been an honoree, the 2017 Best for the World Changemakers. And I could go on. There's a list. So what I see is what you described as someone that your sector perceived first as a, as a crazy lady, now a successful, respected, avant-garde example for the future, who has turned the old-fashioned way of thinking profit or purpose on its head and said, no, it is through purpose that we will be profitable. So there's nothing really philanthropic about what you're doing. You have you put the purpose into your company, and that is fueling your growth and fueling your success. And as you do it, people are changing the way they see your whole sector. So yes, I <laughs> bravo, <laughs> well done, Natalie. Now and Craig, you and, have to be my PR guy. I love it. <laughs> I'm just an observer, and you're Exhibit A. <laughs> I have. I may I tell the picnic table story? Yes, that's yeah. such a cool story. <laughs> To our listeners, uh, the first time I believe that Natalie, or one of the first times Natalie and I met in person, I went to Le Salon, and it was a beautiful spring day, and we sat outside at a picnic table uh, outside the building. And as we were seated there with a couple of her colleagues, uh, we were approached by a fellow who was a supplier, and he was a supplier uh, in the construction sector, and he was there to talk about the doors. And so you can imagine the doors of a church are particular and they're beautiful and you can't just replace them with standard metal glass things. And uh, this fellow uh, came and sat down and proceeded to explain to Natalie why um, what she had asked for was um, too expensive, too much of a bother. We really don't want to do it. Lady, you should just look at the doors that we sell on our regular line. And I didn't know Natalie that well at that point, so I remained silent and watched her <laughs> with what I now recognize as be polite, Natalie face. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned to him and I said, I didn't know him either. I said, uh, wrong table, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole table fell on, fell on its side <laughs> laughing. And I, I, I think that... Um, that anecdote, um, to me, captured what you must be dealing with every day in your sector. And so it takes a lot of resilience and a lot of patience and a lot of, but a real backbone too, to, to resist the constant pressures to um, do things in the ordinary way. And what I'm marveling at when I think about your story, Natalie, is that you never intended to be an entrepreneur or a businesswoman, did you? Could you, no. could you tell the story of how you came to be um, uh, the the woman running uh, a commercial real estate company of 1,500,000 square feet? Yeah, um, so um, <laughs> I actually am, a, well, was a 
a social worker. I worked at first for the YMCA um, uh, as a youth worker, actually. And I work with uh, troubled youth between the ages of 12 and 17. And the idea was um, to work with youth, youth protection and young offenders and get these kids to um, realize how amazing they are and keep them in school and um, make whatever success that they define for themselves happen. Um, and then I moved into the trauma intensive care and burn world at the Montreal General Hospital. Uh, that was my next sector of my career where I really wanted to change the hospital systems because there's a lot of people just thinking that hospitals are, are uh, transitory places as opposed to thinking that they can be transformative places. And my father is a real estate developer and an architect originally from Europe. And um, he wanted to buy all these older buildings and repurpose them. Now, this was 25 years ago. So you can just imagine um, that they were not the way that they were today, or certainly um, the areas were not developed in, in, in the way that they were. And they were very risky purchases. And my father, unfortunately, got uh, Parkinson's disease. And as early diagnosis happens, most families don't know what that means. Um, you know, you get a diagnosis and you think the worst and you really have no clue how that's going to impact your future. So he sat me down for lunch one day and asked me if I would give up my career and come and be a real estate developer. Wow. And could really not choose two very different careers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And in fact, my my social worker uh, colleague said, well, now you're going to be just like them and you're going to change your values and who you are. And, and for people who do know me, it's kind of hard to change my very thick, stubborn head about who I am and what I want to do in the world. And I said, um, I'm going to only go to go there for one year. I'm going to help my dad out and uh, I'll come back. And so uh, I was how, actually... How did you feel, Natalie? Was that intimidating? Did you feel like you were going to a completely different planet? Oh my gosh, it was horrible. My first year, I thought, what the hell am I doing? Um, I was given the nickname of Barbie by all my construction workers. Whoa. They thought that I was... Well, which, I mean, right now, I, I can I would be pleased with that because then <laughs> you know, I would be pretty and young and, and, you know, whatever. But it also comes to the plastic and no-brain concept. Um, oh, which right. is a really big problem. And, and you know what? They kept saying, what the hell do you know about the construction industry? And I said, you know what? You're right. I know nothing, right? Which is true. So what I ended up doing at the beginning is I started working in each division of the company um, so that I can understand it because they were right. I knew nothing. So I needed to go to the school of hard knocks very quickly. And my favorite little anecdote on that is my construction guys always said, oh, this is too, we can't deliver these units on this time and we're going to throw everything out and we're not going to do any repurposing or any of that kind of stuff because it's too difficult to do. And I said, you're right, let's fix, like, I need to understand this from the ground up. So I said, I'm going to come and work with you guys for the next three months and I am going to uh, learn everything that you got to teach me. And if I could do my job better than yours in the next three months, you're fired. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. That focused their minds on You have to be a that. little bit cocky at the beginning, and I had no idea what that would mean. But I figured I wanted to get their attention, you know? And so I bet that construction booth ahead, and, um, you know, I, I learned to demo and, and build, and I don't know. I actually really love it, which is really fun. Um, and certainly did not think that I would be so excited about um, building hardwood floors or renovating them at least. 
Um, but I did fire quite a few people. Um, and actually on the firing papers, um, I, I wrote XO Barbie. Um, <laughs> Barbie kicks butt. <laughs> you are... You are an inspiration. You are an inspiration to every single woman entrepreneur so in the funny. world. <laughs> oh, but you know, people see all the fun stories. Like my husband could tell you lots of the other stories that are sure. harder, where you're like three in the morning lying on the bathroom floor because you're so sick and you can't get up, but you have to get up because the next morning you have all these people waiting for you and, and you, you can't ever appear weak or... Um, mm. Uh, indecisive you know, down or, unsure, or whatever yeah. like you know everything that you see on facebook or whatever it's all those successes right but what i would like to inspire some some of the listeners with is saying you know what surround yourself with your warriors because the team that i have in fact most of the people that trained me way back when are now my vice presidents of my company you know they took a chance on me when i knew nothing and i remember claude one of the guys that did do the training with me he certainly thought that this was very amusing that I was coming in and trying to do demo as hard as everybody else. And I could tell you my muscles really work. You want to work out? Get in construction. That's yeah. a gem. Okay. So, but you know what? Now he knows. Uh, literally, he worked for my father for now 34 years. He's now with me, obviously, 24 years. You never give up. No. You just, you keep falling on your face and it's cool. Um, and you actually one of people I work with now, she's one of the most amazing international interior designers on the planet. And she's like, you're one of those dolls, you know, those things that you punch that are in plastic and they've got this weight on the bottom and you punch them and they go down and they've got this like weird clown face. Oh yeah. yeah. We had one of them when we were young. Yeah. They were used yeah. to be really common. Yeah. <laughs> Now with my kids, I try to explain it to them. I'm like, I don't know, can we YouTube it? I'm like, I don't know if you can. But you know those dolls you whack in the face and they come yeah. back up and they've got this look on your face? Yeah. That's that's she's like, that's what you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're called. We'll we'll YouTube it. We'll find out. But I remember them too. We had them. <laughs> I, I I the time is flying. I wish I could talk to you for another hour. But I'd like to ask one final question of you, Nat. B Corporate Extraordinaire. I bet your dad knew that you could do this. I bet at that lunchtime conversation, he looked at you and he saw that same bounce back clown. And if you could go back and tell that young Natalie anything, any piece of advice, what would it be? In that year that you felt scared, what advice would you have benefited from? Oh, I just want to be clear that that's not the only year I feel scared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. Um, you know what? Um, I would have liked to been surrounded by people who uh, supported me and knew that they would stick by me no matter what. I would love all those entrepreneurs out there that are considering this and that are battling battles every single day and have like, you know, scratches all over them because they want to do something different. Um, I, I really always was very inspired um, by a quote from Nelson Mandela. Um, and I mean, if, if anyone could change the world, he certainly did. Um, but he, he, he said, it, it always seems impossible until it's done, right? Um, and, and I feel that there's another one where it's always like there's one drop of water that is the beginning of a waterfall, right? And once you realize that people working collaboratively together 
could achieve the impossible. Um, mm -hmm. I am so ridiculously spoiled by the staff that work in my company because they're not staff, they're my family, not by blood, but by tie values. People have left huge careers and come to us because they want to kick butt together. They know <laughs> that we will never give up and we don't care what people say about us because we know that we're doing the right thing for us and for our kids. And if we can do it in the construction industry, all the other industries that you might be interviewing for these B Corp uh, sessions or, or whatever uh, podcast that, that you're looking at, if we can do it in real estate, which is a brutal industry, you can do it in any industry. You can do it with three employees. You can do it with a thousand employees. Um, and, and that's the fun part of B Corp is that there's a place for everyone. Um, so I would give me advice of just going, it's going to be okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't think it was going to be okay. And there's still days today that I don't, I don't know if it's going to be okay, but it has to be okay. And overall, because it if it's not people it. like us, who the hell's going to do it? You know? That's right. That so is so right. perfectly said, Natalie. <laughs> we can't thank you enough for the time you spent with us today. And uh, we really look forward to our listeners hearing this story and sharing this story. Thank you so, so much. And to, to our readers who wanted to learn more about Natalie and her company and what she's up to, uh, two websites. Um, Le Salon 1861, L-E-S-A-L-O-N 1861.com. And for your company, uh, Natalie, is it quovadis.com? It's uh, giqv.com because in French it's gestion immobilière yeah, quovadis. So sûr, of course. Quovadis okay. is actually just an expression. It's, it's a Latin expression that says, where are we going? Uh -huh. And we just kind of want to use that in real estate of saying we should be the leaders to show where you could go in real estate if you really wanted to. Great name. So giqv.com. And finally, for anyone in Montreal or visiting Montreal and they want to go to one of the best restaurants in town that is at Le Salon 1861, the website address is www.candide.com. On behalf of everyone at BDC and on behalf of all our listeners, uh, thank you so, so much, Natalie. It has been, once again, a real pleasure and a real inspiration to hear you. Bye. Thank you for all the things that you guys do. <laughs> you Thank are very you, welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, where do we begin to talk about Natalie? Uh, yeah, she, it, she just articulated everything so perfectly. Ah, that's right. We can't restate it with the same clarity or eloquence. And we certainly can't um, point to a better example of tangible real-world success. It doesn't get much more tangible than construction when you're overhauling a church. And it doesn't get much more tangible or difficult in changing the behavior of a sector uh, that is so embedded in supply chains that are conventional and um, difficult to change. I'm, I, our readers, uh, I'm sure now, completely understand why I use Natalie as Exhibit A in any presentation to explain the entrepreneurial mindset that is B Corp and why she continues to be not just a change maker, but a source of inspiration for everyone who meets her. Absolutely. She is a true entrepreneur. That's right. <laughs> Good day, folks, and uh, you'll hear from us again soon with our next podcast. Bye. Bye. -bye.